This morning, I'm going to read to you some familiar words from the Bible. At least some of them are pretty familiar words, I think, to most of you. Um, But I would like us not just to focus on the familiar words, but on maybe the ones preceding them a little bit as well. For those of you that want to look this up, it's Genesis in the Old Testament, chapter 11, um, and starting at verse 27, I think the words will also appear on the screen. Genesis 11, verse 27. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren, and she had no children. Terah took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated and the people they'd acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that this is food for our souls. Lord, encourage us today as you speak to us by your spirit and through your word. Lord, may we hear your voice and respond to it. Lord, as well as encouragement, we recognize, God, that to be more like you, you need to draw before us things that challenge us. So Lord, we're up for it. Because, Jesus, we want to be more like you. So today, make us more like you as you speak by your spirit and through your word. Hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. And so so we head for holiday season. I don't know if many of you have had a holiday, have had a break already. I know that some have. Some are going away on holidays and some won't be going away anywhere. But that the changes of particularly this, this month means that the routines are all a little bit out of kilter. It feels, August, I think, like a natural pause in things. And boy, do we need a natural pause at this particular point in time. After the 18 months that we've had, whether it's been intimately close to this virus or because of the various things that have had to change because of it, whether that is homeschooling, whether that's being furloughed from work, changes to jobs, routines and families, it has been so, so challenging. And so first and foremost, my prayer for us as people of God over this month is that we know the restoration and healing of our souls. 
that actually in this period of time we recognize the God who is the God who restores us and prepares us for that which he has for us in the season to come. The reason that, what, that I've chosen this particular passage this morning is because it expresses something of journeying. The recognition that in the life of Abraham, particularly that familiar commissioning of Abraham that many of us have read before, it sits within an ongoing story of journey. So it is with us. This last 18 months might have felt either like a complete blur and a roller coaster to some of us, or it may have felt a little bit like someone pressed the pause button and the journey's stopped. Whatever it might be, I think the recognition that life is moving, that journeys is something that's a natural thing for all people, and that the journey that God calls you and I on as individuals and together is the very best journey that we can be on. The verses that I started with are the unfamiliar ones, aren't they? We learn a little bit about Abraham's family the, the previous generation, his father, Terah. And we learn that actually this commissioning of Abraham was part of a journey that had started years and years before. Abraham's father, Terah, had took his family and they'd moved from Ur of the Chaldeans, which was their natural, their family home, and had moved off towards Canaan. And then we read these words that they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. We don't really know what caused them to settle in Haran. It probably wasn't a global pandemic. It could have been because Haran was a lovely place. It might have been because the land there was good for crops and for, for the uh, livestock. Could have been any number of different reasons. Maybe one of them wasn't well, but they settled in Haran. The thing is, is, is that it wasn't just a temporary stopover. You know, one of those kind of on the M5 and you pull into a services, hopefully being able to get into the services at this time of year, given the amount of people that there are on the roads, to grab a quick coffee and carry on. This, this stop in Haran for Terah and Abraham, for the family, was years. In fact, Terah died in Haran. He never did get to the place that he'd set out for, which was Canaan. I wonder whether sometimes in our lives we might stop for all kinds of reasons but then settle too soon. Maybe we never manage to get to the place that we felt God's called us to. Please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that being settled is a bad thing. In fact, I think in seasons of life, being settled can be an extremely good thing constantly having to journey, particularly if that is for negative reasons, is hugely stressful. So being in a safe and settled place is a good thing. But spiritually, if we just stay in that one place, if we put down roots in that one place, we risk never getting to the destination, to the place that God has called us to be. We don't want 
to have that terror experience where almost spiritually our lives hit a place, we stop, and that's it. They don't go any further. This sounds like a challenge. I wonder whether you're up for it, but God challenged Abraham at that point of being settled to leave his country, to leave his people, and to leave his father's household, and to go to the place that God would show Abraham. That's a really big deal. That's a verse we read past very often too quickly because we want to get to the good stuff which is next and I promise you we will get to the good stuff this morning which is next because this is a great journey that God's called us on but the leaving of country people and father's household represents to Abraham the, the, the landmarks the country the things that are familiar to him the things that make him feel at home I don't know whether that happens to you as well, whether you go back to the place that you were raised and there's certain landmarks or features that you kind of breathe a little bit easier. They, they just make you feel at home. Leaving that behind, of course, is incredibly difficult, particularly if you're not quite sure where you're going, the land that God is showing you. But that's God's challenge to Abraham. God challenges him to leave his people behind as well. My kind of people, the phrase that often is used, which means the people you can relax with, you can kick back with. They've got the same language as you, the, the same humour as you. They, they see life through the same lens that you see life through. And it's really difficult to, to move on from those groups. At least today we can keep in touch. For Abraham, it was even more difficult pre-Facebook and pre-WhatsApp and pre-telephones and pre-everything else. These are people who he might never have seen again. But even the moving from a particular group of people that speaks our languages that we're familiar with, it's a real challenge. This is a big deal. And God challenges Abraham to leave his father's household as well. I recognise that experiences of family homes is incredibly varied. For some, it has not been a good place. Our hearts break when that is the case. But for Abraham, when God calls Abraham from his father's household, what that represents for Abraham is a place of safety and a place of security. This is a huge challenge, to move from the settled place to a place that God would show Abraham means sacrifice. It means leaving of some things behind that have been very familiar to Abraham. Now, if that was the end of it, that would be a pretty depressing sermon. It's not the end of it. We're carrying on to now think about the journey that God will lead us on, that God led Abraham on and will lead us on as well, because this is the promise that God makes to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation, says God, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you and anyone who curses you I'll curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You see, it's in the nature of Almighty God to bless. That is how God is wired. Why did God bother to create humankind? Well, the mysteries of that will remain unknown, at least this side of eternity. But one thing is for sure, that God's heart is to bless that which he has created. To bless you, each one of you, those who are watching in this room. How he chooses to do that, we'll come to maybe in a second, but that he chooses to bless is just unnegotiable. That is who God is. If this journey requires sacrifice, then the sacrifice leads to blessing. This is a journey of outrageous blessing that God promises to you and to me. That goes for us individually, as families, and as church community, if we are prepared to be courageous enough to go to the place that God will show us, the promise of God is, this is going to be a good journey, a journey of blessing. Do you count your blessings? As the little phrase goes, the song, for those of you that are old enough, goes and name them one by one. We're not going to sing it this morning. Most of you probably wouldn't even know it anyway. But it's a meme, probably, for those of you that don't know the song. This sense of recognising just how incredible our lives are blessed by God. Now, I recognise that this is not stopping us from knowing hardship. God's blessings somehow don't stop bad things from happening in this world, bad things from happening to us. It's in the midst of even those things that I think God chooses to bless us. Do you notice? And when things are going well, it's really easy. On the day of British summertime, when the sun is shining strong and the sky is blue, it's so easy to see God's blessing. But maybe when the, the rain is coming at you sideways and you'd had something planned, maybe when you hit a tough time to do with your job or your family, maybe when something happens to you in terms of your health, then it is so much more difficult to see God's blessings. But I believe that we can train ourselves to do so. Now, how you choose to do that is entirely up to you. I know people that have had blessings journals their entire lives and every day written down two or three things that they're grateful to God for. It says in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we should be thankful in all circumstances and doing that in some way is just really easy to do in a journal. And if you get to a day that you're struggling, you can read back to some of the ways God's blessed you previously instead. I know some people that will take pictures, and so the Instagram feed is basically a journal of thankfulness, of what they are blessed for. And if it doesn't make sense to others, it makes perfect sense to them. 
I even knew a lady that made a quilt, 12 different panels, one per month, and on it, for each month, she quilted something that she was grateful for, whether that was to do with a picture of her family or a flower or something that represented something she was grateful for. By the end of a year, she had a, a grateful quilt, um, and brilliant. The, the, the fact is that we need to be people who get into the habit of counting our blessings. And as we do, our perspective on life changes. The journey that God's called us on, scary as it might seem, we start to recognize that God is with us, active with us, and the nature of the one that's called us is to bless us always on the journey. Does it make it less challenging? Not necessarily. But do we recognize God's hand at work in our lives on a daily basis on the journey? Yes, abundantly we do if we actually go through the process of making it a habit to recognize that God is the God whose nature is to bless us, his people. It doesn't stop there, though, in terms of this commissioning of Abraham, because it says that God says to Abraham, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You see, I don't know why God chose a people to be a channel for his blessing to all peoples on earth, but he did. And here's the news. You are now part of that people. The father Abraham, who had many sons, many sons had father Abraham, another song we'll not sing this morning, is that same father of that nation that you are now included into as God's people. So this commission of Abraham from all these years, 3,000 plus years ago, is your commission and mine today. God will bless you, and you will be a blessing to all peoples on earth. That sounds good. Blessed to be a blessing. There you go. Another meme for you this morning. This is central to your purpose as someone who walks with Jesus, who wants to follow Jesus in this world. It sounds great. It makes a great meme or a fridge magnet. But what's it look like? That's the important thing. You see, as a church, there are many ways that we seek to be a blessing to people in our communities around us. Whether that this summertime is Feast of Fun, you heard it mentioned in church news, and I want to commend that to you. It's a practical way of meeting a need for local families who would know holiday hunger if it wasn't for Feast of Fun. But more importantly from us, it's a point to get families together, to have some fun, to, to be able to create a sense of community that's based on our faith and without being cheesy or without wanting to force anything on anyone, we become the, the community of God and invite others along to be a part of it. If, if you're up for that, then please have a chat with Zoe, get in contact with her directly or through the office. That's one way. It could be the Sukran and the prayer pastors. It could be any number of different ways that this church seeks to be a blessing to the people of this area. By supporting the, the, the people that we do both across the southwest and across the world, financially, we are also supporting others by blessing them in that way. But what I really would like us to kind of rest on, just as we come to a close on this one, is you. How is God calling you 
to be a blessing to others this week. I love all that we do as a church, but sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I can, be, I can hide behind that. We are, we're a church that blesses others. That's good news. What about you? So if in these moments, and in a moment we will stop for a second, if in these moments God was to lay on your heart maybe one, two, three people who he wants you to be a channel of his blessing to this week, what are their names? I'm not asking you to write them down. It's not a quiz, and I'm not going to ask to see them at the end. But just in your mind, what are the names of the people who God wants you to be a channel of his blessing to this week? And then the follow-up question, obviously, is, and how is God asking you to bless them? Because there's a myriad of ways that we as God's people can be channels of his blessing to others around us. So it might look like something as simple as getting on the phone or writing a message to say, really appreciate you, that thing that you did, spot on, fantastic. It could be an encouraging word. It might be that you want to send some flowers or a box of chocolates or, or something that's a, a tangible gift of some variety. It might be that you're going to choose to offer to do something, whether that's to mow the neighbor's lawn um, or to make someone a meal or whatever it might be, a tangible sense of God's blessing. But how will God use you to bless others in his name this week? And the challenge for bravery is for you to make that known to them. You see, God doesn't call us to be nice people doing nice things to people around us in need. I hope you are nice people, and I hope you do do nice things. But actually, the commissioning of God is something that is a spiritual thing. So when you bless others, will you just say, I want to, I'm a Christian, and this is part of what we do. What we do is we recognise that we're people who are blessed, and we want to just do something to bless others. People know what that language means, by the way, by and large. You don't need to explain it. And to join the dots. And if people go, okay, weird, that's fine. What have you lost? You've still blessed them. And if they say, oh, right, okay. Didn't know that that's what Christians did. Then maybe you'll have a conversation more about your faith. But who are they? And how is God calling you to bless? The person, of course, who we see as the greatest blessing to us is Jesus who had been sent to this earth, lived a life before us where he demonstrated the compassion of his father. The compassion of God, the generosity of God and the blessing of almighty God was seen most perfectly in the life of Jesus. It's he who we follow. It's he who we want to be more like. And so how this week will we be like Jesus, will we pass on the blessings of God to those around us? God says, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you call us to a journey, that this thing of faith is a dynamic thing, not a static thing. Lord, we're not those who are particularly interested in following religious patterns for the sake of it. But Lord, we recognise that moving forwards on a journey with you holds before us all types of things that we might not know. And Lord, some of us sit today recognising, Lord, the nudge of you and your spirit, just getting us to move again after being settled in our harans. Lord, give us the faith in you and the confidence to move forwards on the journey that you're calling us on in our lives. As we hear you speak to us, Lord, may we also recognise that the journey you call us on is one where we experience your blessing. And it's one where you call us on that journey to bless others in your name, Jesus. And so now, just in these moments, lay on our hearts those couple of people this week who, Jesus, you know you'll bring across our paths and who you would like us to bless in your name. And Father, help us to have inspiration from you to know how to be a blessing to those people this week. Lord, whoever they are, Lord, not just a seeking to meet a need, but a seeking to demonstrate the blessing of you, our Father, to them in the place that they're at. Lord, as we move forwards, Lord, help us to have that sense of purpose journeying and meandering around for journeying's sake but being called by you our father to go from the things that maybe have been familiar to us that have provided us with that sense of safety and security to the land that you will show us and lord on that journey to know your heart to know your blessing and to be your blessing to others God, from where we are to where you need us, we pray, Jesus, you lead us on. And from the security of all those things that we know to the adventure of the open roads that you will reveal to us, we pray, Jesus, will you lead us on. Because your mission, and therefore ours, is to refashion the fabric of this world until it resembles the shape of your kingdom. We pray, Jesus, lead us on. And because we know that good things, blessing upon blessing, has been prepared for those who are prepared to walk on this journey, for those who love God, we pray, Jesus, lead us on. God, may we know your heart and may we be people of blessing to others around us. Amen.